Welcome to the Steelers Edge online training session featuring Jody Kippy and Kara Perkins with a workshop on how to consolidate the accounting and back office operations in multi-location dealerships. And that's just about everybody these days, I believe. Today we're going to hear about what works and what pitfalls you need to, need to avoid. I'm Mike Bowers with Dealers Edge. Items back on track and really have it as an organizational team opportunity um, because in the end, our experience is that everybody's going to benefit um, from such an undertaking. Okay, uh, Jody. Yes, Mike. Hello, and Kara. Uh, can we take a few questions at this point? Yes. Okay. Um, first question. Uh, this, this one always comes up. Uh, what is the best way, in your experience, to convince the, the senior management of the dealership or dealership group that a combined accounting office is the way to go? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great question. And, and, and I'll just maybe throw out a few thoughts in this regard. When, when we start helping dealership groups work on a centralized accounting plan, the thing that we um, will start with is some of the numbers and data that I mentioned, but we also get a listing of the job functions that individuals play within an accounting office. And so typically if you have a dealership group that has five stores, 10 stores, 15 stores, 50 stores, whatever it is, that in a smaller accounting office at that dealership location, you have less number of individuals. So quite often they're completing functions and roles where there's not a good segregation of duties. And we'll often find that one individual is responsible for payables and receivables. They may actually do the bank deposit. They have the ability to post journal entries. And so really you have little to no segregation of duties. And anybody who understands uh, having proper control environments understands that the better segregation of duties generally provides for mitigated risk of um, accounting um, transactions, possible misappropriation of assets. So that segregation of duties and the controls that you get out of it are, I think, a key, key point. I also think that when you look at that and you centralize and you bring those numbers together, you can see the opportunity to get best practices, not only in accounting, but also throughout the organization. And I think that provides a significant strength to the organization. And training individuals correctly and properly in a centralized office often takes place, an ability to cross-train those. And I think that you'll find in doing so, you'll have speed of recording transactions because you'll have um, stronger accounting personnel typically in a centralized office overall. So the ability to have quicker month-end close, to provide financial reporting, um, those all seem to be benefits. And, and lastly, I think Kara mentioned, there is some cost savings along the way. Um, sometimes, you know, you'll see that to be notable. Other times, maybe not. But if you do then acquire another dealership group, the ease of folding them into a centralized office often takes place um, very easily versus when you acquire something and then you have to try to bring them into the organization from a process and con control standpoint and the operations and accounting, that's all been put together so they can come into the fold pretty easily versus trying to make that happen um, on their own. Okay, uh, another question. Um, earlier you 
you listed some, some job functions that you think make the most sense or maybe the easiest uh, to consolidate. Uh, could you repeat that list? Um, yes, and actually that will be part of our, okay. our next area is a walkthrough of several of the functions, but just to give you a quick rundown, uh, generally we find that payroll and accounts payable are, are natural uh, uh, first steps in a consolidated accounting office. Those two functions seem to be just, you know, very easily brought together. Well, not easily, but they're, they're definitely um, some of the first areas that can be transitioned into a centralized accounting office. Okay. Um, here, I have a question. You mentioned a reverse ATM concept. Could you explain how that works? I've, I've never heard that before. Um, yes. So uh, it's been in relative, uh, relative, I would say within the last year or two, where we have seen a, a, a machine, almost looks like an ATM machine, will be on site at the dealership location, and that is connected to the banking you know, whichever um, financial institution you're utilizing. So when it comes to depositing cash and even checks, uh, basically you would um, have the machine on your, uh, at your dealership, dealership site, and as you are collecting cash and preparing your daily deposits, whether that's either cash or checks, you will actually deposit that into this machine where it interfaces to the financial institution and you actually, you, it's as if you've made a deposit at, at the actual financial institution. And then, Mike, what they do is um, the armored um, car service comes around periodically throughout the week for that, for those bills, you know, whether it's five, twenties, tens, whatever they are, and they'll come and they'll actually physically take that money then out of that, say, safe, if you would, ATM safe. And so then they'll take that physical um, money and they'll, and they'll deposit in the bank. But the, the, but the benefit of it is, is as you're feeding that money into that, say, when you get an ATM, it comes out. Well, you're, you're putting it in. It takes it. That then gets deposited into your bank account. And so not only do you have the security of it, you have the timeliness of that money making it into your bank account. Okay. And uh, are you aware of any... Uh anti-fraud or anti-theft uh, software that, that can run underneath a consolidated system and perhaps uh, spotlight suspicious activity? Um, you know, I think that there's various solutions out there that can provide you with um, enhanced financial reporting, um, performance management solutions, um, and really just an ease of communication um, throughout the dealership group. And so, um, you know, I think one thing that we have here at, at Crow is Navigator for Dealers, and many of our clients utilize it uh, as a performance management tool, um, but also a way to uh, have some exception reporting contained within that and, and allows individuals both at the dealership location as well as a centralized office, you know, kind of be working from the same data sets and working towards processing deals, seeing differences in deals, as well as managing that balance sheet um, from contracts all the way to inventory and some of the payables as well. Okay, uh, one more question before we go back to the workshop. 
the organization chart you showed us, uh, I know that was, that was just a sample, um, but taking that sample, what, what size dealer group would that sample organization chart fit? How many stores? Yeah, in our experience um, is that we have consulted on projects that maybe have five dealership groups all the way up to um, 50 dealership groups. If you look at it on a 50 dealership group, those are more on a platform or region basis, but that same structure holds true kind of like at each of those platforms, if you would. Um, and so really there, it fits all sizes. It just depends upon um, do you want to do it by one, one centralized location or by platform or region, and then it really just gets into the number of individuals you need. Um, that, that also you need to consider whether or not you're going to keep a store out of the centralization because it might make sense to keep something decentralized um, and whether or not you keep any of those positions back at the dealership location. Um, and one thing we didn't touch upon was centralizing warranty processing. We're seeing that um, that's also something that you can benefit from, which isn't on that chart. And typically that's uh, centralized at the dealership locations themselves, um, but not having a warranty clerk at each dealership, but um, looking to see how you can cluster or group dealerships together with the clerks being a, a, at a store. Uh, you use the term RDR function. Uh, what is that? What does RDR stand for? Um, well, the RDR function is when um, the dealership needs to communicate to the manufacturer if the vehicle is sold. So if you ask me what the actual retail delivery report. There you go. <laughs> um, so that's a function where, um, you know, it's one thing to record the sale within the dealership, but then you have to report that sale to the manufacturer. Okay. Um, in your experience, from what you've seen from working with the, the dealers that you do, uh, are the, the major uh, DMS providers, uh, is their product compatible with, uh, with combining accounting offices like this? Um, our experience has been that, generally speaking, whichever computer system, DMS system that the dealership group has, um, that they'll utilize that um, and, 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 and keep that and maintain that. And they, they, all, they have similar functionality when it comes to that. Some of them have different um, functions and features that facilitate it. Um, so what we do is we, we take a look at which one they have. We, we help them look at do they have all the different functions and features that that computer system may have available because some things will help um, in the centralized accounting. Um, for example, if I'm thinking of a project here and I did not too long ago, where they did not have multi-accounting um, within the current computer system. We, we talked through that as to why it's our experience that helps. And so they looked into it further and, and they, they uh, actually obtained it from the computer system and they implemented all of that in advance of doing the centralized accounting. Um, so not only the technology within the DMS, but the technology outside of that, we often find is an opportunity to do an inventory, if you would, understand what's out there, um, and how do they best utilize that and plan for that well in advance of actually bringing everyone together. Okay. Um, could, could you repeat that the, uh, the ratio of all dealership personnel to accounting personnel? Yes. Um, so it's our experience um, that with the centralized accounting office, 
you know, I, I just ballpark it right, and I'll, I say that it's really maybe 20 um, dealership personnel are supported by one accounting um, person uh, on a centralized accounting platform. But we do see some groups achieving a ratio of 30 to 1. Uh, so it, 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 it often depends, quite frankly, as to the department and how they um, process and how that data and, and documentation flows into accounting. So I'm aware of a dealership group that in order to have a deal accepted into accounting, every piece of documentation must be there. And if you do that, you can clearly see that you're going to get a much higher leverage in the accounting office and you're going to be able to process a lot more deals from a billing perspective and a title perspective. And the accounting personnel would need to be, are, are less in that regard. Um, whereas if you don't have that, then accounting personnel often take on the roles and they're responsible for obtaining and tracking and getting information. Uh, same thing could be said with invoices. If the invoices don't flow from parts timely and efficiently into accounting, um, you know, that provides for less efficiencies. And so um, you're going to see that the accounting personnel doesn't quite get as leveraged as it could be. So I always um, look at this. Kara and I will do some interviewing of accounting personnel, uh, operational personnel, and we'll understand where there's some breaks in the processes and where there's some opportunities to provide some streamlined efficiencies from the departments through to accounting. Because the better we get that laid out, um, the better it's going to be from an efficiency effectiveness um, from an accounting process standpoint. Uh, okay. Um, what was, uh, could you, again, that's, could you repeat the ratio of uh, managers and supervisors to clerks in the accounting office? Sure. So. Typically, we see a reasonable ratio would be that for every manager, they can supervise anywhere from six to eight accounting clerks. So when you're looking at that, um, you'll see that if you went back to our organizational chart, we had the accounting managers, and then you have the different leads. The leads help leverage that because they're managing that group of resources, but also when you um, look at, at that, you're, you're able to see that if I have an accounts payable lead as Kara moves back to that structure, that if you have that centralized and leveraged, that that ratio actually is looking at that accounting manager. So that accounting manager should be able to directly and indirectly supervise anywhere between six and eight clerks, um, depending upon how you structure it, and whether or not you have any um, individuals back at the dealership because when you do that, you have a little bit less leverage. But dealership groups choose to do that um, for various reasons, and, and we're actually in support of that. We don't think that there's one way that's right or wrong when, when you when you develop and, and, and ultimately determine what structure you want to utilize. Okay, and uh, Scott in the audience, that was your question, and uh, if I if I got that wrong, let me know, uh, and, and we'll we'll try to ask it again or rephrase it, but I think that was what you were getting at. Um, you also uh, mentioned a figure of, uh, I think it was on the low end, was 40, and you said some were as high as 81. Uh, what did that refer to? Yeah, so that's actually the number of retail and wholesale vehicle sales that 
um, on average per accounting personnel. So it's just another way to look at it. It's saying how many accounting people do I have and then how many new and used retail and wholesale deals are out there and it's just a computation. So on average, it's about 40 deals and we see the high somewhere around 81 in a survey that we conducted. I'd like to thank all of you for your attention and your, your attendance today. Uh, we had quite a large audience today and uh, again we thank you and uh, we realize it's not easy to take an hour and a half out of your dealership day and we certainly appreciate you spending that time with us. And I'd like to offer special thanks to Jody Kippy and Kara Perkins of Crow Horwath LLP uh, for taking their time to, to share their experience and they've got quite a bit of experience in this area I should say. A lot of experience uh, in working with dealers and consolidating the office. Thank you for, for putting today's workshop together today. Uh, and with that, I'm Mike Bowers. We will be signing off for now and hope you can join us again next Thursday.